From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. And today we need to discuss how close we are to another government shutdown. Because they need a stopgap funding measure by October 1st, as you probably know, the new fiscal year begins, and congressional leaders were hoping for a drama-free stopgap funding measure to tie them over uh, until December, but a preliminary agreement, a bipartisan agreement, broke down Friday unexpectedly. So now House Democrats are going on it on their own. Uh, Yesterday, on Monday, House Democrats uh, introduced their own measure that does not have support from Republicans. Jen, what's going on? Why the last-minute glitch here? So negotiating continuing resolutions is about more than just figuring out how long they're going to last for. Because these stopgap spending bills, these temporary funding bills, go into the new fiscal year with the previous fiscal year's spending levels and spending authority, Lawmakers have to negotiate what we refer to as anomalies. These are slight changes to those spending levels and spending policy for departments or agencies that can't wait until December or maybe January to start funding a new program or contract or things like that. And so this is where the negotiations every September tend to get bogged down. And the two issues that are being particularly problematic this year are a program for farm aid that President Trump has been sort of vocally pushing for, and one that is referred to as Pandemic EBT, and that's a program that provides school lunches for children who are not in school because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Those children typically would have received free or reduced priced lunches during the school day, Um, but because a lot of schools are doing remote learning, this is a program that lawmakers put in one of the March coronavirus aid bills um, to make sure that these students, predominantly from lower income families, are continuing to have access to food during this pandemic, which has been a big issue as a lot of families face income instability um, with the job losses that the country has seen. And so we saw yesterday in the House Rules Committee, Representative Conaway, Republican from Texas, who's the top GOP lawmaker on the House Agriculture Committee, he proposed an amendment that would have added those two provisions back to the spending bill that was not ruled in order because the Rules Committee did what's referred to as a closed rule, which there does not allow amendment debate on the House floor. And so one of the things that we're watching very closely for today is what Republicans put forward in what's called a motion to recommit. Um, Republicans have been very strategic about this on the House since Democrats took over um, more than a year and a half ago. And so what I personally expect today is that motion to recommit will look very similar, if not have identical language to Representative Conway's amendment that he proposed to the Rules Committee. And so this is going to be another chance to possibly put those provisions back in the continuing resolution get some bipartisanship, and reduce the drama. Before we jump into those procedural hurdles, uh, we should just step back and say, this seems to be a real ping-pong battle now over, over farm aid, because that, that tentative deal had more than $20 billion in it to replenish the, the, these funds for farm payments. And farm payments 
have now become this partisan issue. Everyone was wanted to help the farmers. But ever since the Trump administration began making these farm payments to help with the COVID pandemic, there's been this suspicion among Democrats that the money isn't being distributed fairly. And that's kind of what we're seeing play out now. And Democrats finally balked and said, we don't trust another $20 billion going into this program because we don't think we're getting our fair shake on it. They're saying it's going to the large farm operations at the expense of smaller ones and that um, that certain industries are favored over others. The Government Accountability Office looked at this and didn't really find any, any they didn't really back up those kind of accusations from what I've seen so far. They did note some wide variations in how the payments are made, but um, no, no real sense of any corruption here. But in any case, Democrats are very troubled by it. Yes, yesterday, the Senate Agriculture Committee's top Democrat, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, um, she referred to this money for the CCC as a slush fund. We've heard that from several Democrats since Friday, since these negotiations broke down. And they're saying that the Trump administration is using this money that Congress is providing for a broad scope of aid payments. And so some of their criticisms are that some of this money has gone to Maine lobstermen, um, as well as oil refiners who were denied waivers um, from renewable fuel quotas. So they say that while Republicans in the Trump administration are touting this additional $20 billion, more than $20 billion in payments for the CCC. This is the Commodity Credit Corporations, the agriculture agency that uh, handles these farm payments. Yes. So while Republicans are saying that this money is needed for farmers, who have been hard hit by the pandemic, as well as some of the trade issues that the Trump administration has been negotiating with other countries, including China. Democrats are saying that the Trump administration is essentially using this as a slush fund, that they aren't being responsible, and that these aren't exactly just payments for farmers. Right. And so now you have uh, Republicans saying this is outrageous. Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley from the farm state of Iowa this morning is out saying Democrats are abandoning farmers who are hurting and having one of the most difficult years in their lives. So this sounds like it's getting kind of ugly and it's going to be a nasty uh, partisan battle over these farm payments. So as you were saying earlier, Jen, it's going to be interesting to watch the House floor today because Republicans will seek through this so-called motion to recommit to committee, a procedural move, but it's an attempt to add back this farm money, right? Yes, and that will be a roll call vote. So these moderate or frontline Democrats who are in swing districts, who are facing tough reelections in November, which continues to creep up on us, um, they are going to potentially be put on a pretty tough spot on the floor today. And so that's one of the things that Democratic leadership is going to be tracking during the next few hours is where their members are on this. Um, and, you know, how much of a political issue this is going to be in those vulnerable districts throughout the country, where it might be really hard for a member to go back and campaign on voting against a funding bill that would keep the government open, right? Department of Defense, um, State Department, all of those agencies, if there's a shutdown, would be hit this year because none of the full year spending bills are have become law. Um, in addition to voting against farm payments and more money for school lunches for children from lower income families. 
that's going to be a really tough vote. And so if that money does get added back into the spending bill, I think there's a pretty drama-free Senate vote in our near future. Um, If Democrats vote down Republicans' motion to recommit in the House, then I think when that bill gets over to the Senate, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell proposes an amendment on the Senate floor that would add that funding back in. Another challenging vote for Democrats in tough races or from farm states over there. Um, And then so we could get into a situation where it heads to the Senate and then back to the House, but all that remains to be seen right now. And all of that ping pong could take, take a little time and there's very few days left before the end of the fiscal year. Right. We have less than nine days as of this Tuesday, September 22nd, for lawmakers to hold votes. Um, And there are only a couple days left this week where both chambers are in session. And I believe there's just next Wednesday, the 30th, when both the House and Senate are scheduled to be back in D.C. So the risk of a shutdown is getting a little greater here, although it's still hard for me to believe, Jen, that will actually get a shutdown. Clearly, both sides don't want a shutdown. The only hang-up seems to be these farm payments. I have a hard time believing they won't work it out by next week. Do you share that, or, or what would you guess? Yeah, I'm very skeptical that Democrats or Republicans want a government shutdown in an election year when they really want their vulnerable members back out campaigning, fundraising, Um, And in the Senate, obviously, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's attention, as well as Democrats' attention, has really turned to the fight over, you know, late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She passed away on Friday. And so Republicans are moving very quickly to fill that empty Supreme Court seat. And so that's a big issue over there. And so I don't really know how much time Democrats or Republicans in the Senate want to spend, you know, sort of haggling over a temporary funding bill. And then the other complication, as you brought up, Ginsburg, is that this stopgap is supposed to last through December 11. That that timetable means that the Congress will have to negotiate a final spending package for the, for the next fiscal year in this lame duck session of Congress in December, which could actually be the same time that the Senate is having a huge confirmation battle over the next Supreme Court nomination could really complicate talks going, although we don't know that that timing will exist yet, but I mean, that possibility is kind of frightening. That is possible, although based on comments that Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, has been making, um, it sounds like the Republican goal in the Senate right now is to have a Senate floor vote on whoever President Trump nominates on Saturday before the elections. It sounds like that's their current timeline. That could obviously change, um, but it seems like that is what they're going to be doing. Yeah, they may try for that. That would that would at least clear the deck on that huge issue and, and allow spending talks in December. But we'll have to see um, if this holds. This will this will last the government till December eleven. Uh, and we should say this this package does more than just extend current funding levels because there's a lot of um, extensions of, of different authorities in here wrapped in that are also required. And that includes an extension of the National Flood Insurance Program. There's some extra money that, that FEMA, the Emergency Management Agency, would be able to tap for disaster relief. Uh, there's a uh, a program to, to allow fast tracking of, of immigration applications. There's a lot of extensions for health programs 
Uh, and there's even a, a measure in there to protect Medicare beneficiaries from an expected increase in their Part B premiums. So there's a lot of, st of other stuff and, and a, a year-long extension of the, the, high, the surface transportation law that is going to lapse this month. So there's a lot of stuff wrapped in here as well um, that, need, that need to get passed. And so very few days left to get it done. All of that end of the fiscal year reauthorization and, you know, those, those big ticket items that the House and Senate has been working on for a little while, but that neither side has been able to successfully conference. Those typically always go on these stopgap spending measures. But one thing that I found pretty interesting yesterday after Democrats released their own continuing resolution without Republican support is that Speaker Nancy Pelosi put out a statement indicating that regardless of election outcome, Democrats want to wrap up all 12 of the annual funding bills during the lame duck session. Uh, that was actually a little surprising to me because personally, I was predicting that if you know the Senate moves to Democrats or the Oval Office moves to Democrats or maybe even both, that they would want to hold over those decisions until maybe February. But it sounds like what Speaker Pelosi is saying now is that you know they really want to wrap up the fiscal 21 bills during this session of Congress. And so that was, you know, sort of a clear indication. Obviously, a lot of things can and likely will change between now and the lame duck session of Congress. But I found that pretty interesting. That may be a, a calculation by Democrats that let's just get this over with and give a new president next year a clean slate and won't be saddled with having to finish up this old business um, would be the advantage there. And maybe they also calculated they sort of lost the effort to push this stopgap into February. It's now going to only be till December. So they sort of have to get this all wrapped up in December. Although you can always have another stopgap. So who knows? It's still a wild card, I think. Yes. And fun fact for all our listeners, the last time that Congress got all of its appropriations work done on time was for fiscal year 1997. And ever since then, they have used at least two continuing resolutions every year. So if they do just one this year, that'll be interesting. Uh, I guess that would count as progress in the under our broken budget process. Yeah, here. I think we can definitely call that progress. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. 